Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. The second part of his glorious return is he's coming with us uh, to rule and to reign for how many years? A thousand years, that's the millennium. At the end of the millennium, Satan will be released, and what will the nations do? They will war all over again because the heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. They will serve under Jesus for a thousand years and yet still turn on him in the end, and there will be a final battle which really isn't a battle. Jesus will speak the word, and that will be it. It will be over. And then after that is the great white throne judgment. I preached on that a couple of weeks ago, where we'll stand before, uh, unbelievers will stand before God. Let me clarify a little bit of this. There'll be two judgments at the end of everything, one for believers, where we'll be judged according to our works after salvation. Uh, the judgment for believers is not you're, you're going to heaven or you're going to hell. No, heaven is assured for those that believe, but we will be evaluated and judged based on the stewardship of all that God has given us, not just financially, but in every area of our lives. And then he'll give us rewards based on all of that. Not everyone in heaven will be rewarded the same, okay? But the great white throne, that's for those whose names were not written in the Lamb's book of life. And they will face the consequences of their rejection of Jesus Christ. And they're going to be judged according to their works as well. And their works are going to be judged compared to Jesus' perfection. And whatever they did in life is not going to be enough to earn their way into heaven. The only way we get into heaven is through faith in Jesus Christ. He writes our name in the Lamb's book of life. That's the great white throne judgment. And then new heavens and new earth, which we talked about last week, coming down out of heaven. So awesome is the great white throne that, that heaven and earth flee his presence. This earth will be destroyed. And he's going to bring in a new heaven and a new earth that's better than anything that we could possibly imagine, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about today. Now, I want to take you here in this, this quote here, uh, this next one. There you go. Now, I want to take you back to the beginning before we move to the end, which is actually the beginning that never ends. You got that? I want to take you back to the, the beginning before we move to the end, which is actually the beginning which will never end. That's what we're talking about here today. We're going to look at Genesis, and what I'm going to do for the next, until that clock is right again, uh, I'm going to, I am going to talk about the difference between what happened in Genesis and what we see in Revelation, the beginning and the end. We're going to break that down a little bit for you. So we're going to go back to the beginning before we move to the end of time, which the end of time for believers is not really the end. It's just the beginning. But that beginning has no end for all eternity. You get it now? Okay, you'll be quizzed on this next week, all right? We'll, we'll do that. So in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve deliberately chose to disobey God. 
They deliberately chose to disobey the known will of God. They knew what God's will was, but they justified it. They justified their own decision. Satan came and tempted them, and they willingly disobeyed the known will of God. And because of that, sin entered into the world, and all of the consequences of sin entered into the world. In uh, Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, to Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife, Oh, I'm sorry. Let me keep going. Because you listened to your wife and... All right. Thanks, John. The women didn't want to laugh and the men were too afraid, but that's okay. Because you listened to your wife and ate, the, ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. Okay? So we've been living the consequences of this sin every day. It's the, the curse that came into this world because of sin that causes aging and corruption and deterioration. And that's just this morning getting out of bed. Amen? Decay, death, suffering, evil, disturbance, division, disasters, and on and on and on and on and on is all a result of us living in a broken world that was broken because of sin. So this is the beginning of the story, but it's not the end of the story, thankfully. And the good news is, is that through Jesus Christ, the curse has been broken. Okay, that's the good news of the gospel. So let's take a look at Revelation 22, 1 through 5. Revelation 22, 1 through 5. As always, if you want the scripture verses that we use on Sunday, just email us at godgivesyouhope at gmail.com. We'll send you the actual notes. You can see all of the scriptures and everything in there. The notes are unedited. I don't write in transcript. I write in uh, pieces of sentences. And, and then uh, some of the things that I say while I'm preaching aren't in the notes. Okay, uh, just just happens. It just happens. So, but the notes will give you a basis anyhow. Revelation twenty-two one through five. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. And that just means that there'll be no more sickness uh, or death. Verse 3 was our theme verse for today. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. Let me stop there before I get into the rest of it. I, I forgot to say this on the online service, but when I was a kid, we would get to church early because my dad taught Sunday school. And... Uh, and, my, and everything else that needed to be done. That's just the way it was. And we only had one car. And that car left the house at 10 to 9 on Sunday morning. And it didn't leave at 5 to 9 or 9. It left at the time my dad said it was leaving. And we had to be in the car. Um, and it what didn't work out so well like, oh, I missed the car. Oh, no, no, there were consequences to missing the car as well. That's just what we did. Anyway, so we would get there early. My dad would be prepping for Sunday school, whatever. And then the youth pastor came to me, and I don't remember how old I was. I was younger. Um, and he said, 
we, we need chairs and tables set up in this area. Can you help with that? And that area was, it's, it was similar to our office wing, but it was all open. And we had those accordion doors. Do you know? There were accordion doors, and then they would connect, and it would separate all the rooms. And so he put me in charge of setting up that whole area. And I thought that was the greatest thing in the whole world. And I started go, getting ready earlier. And I was in the car before anybody else because I was ready because I couldn't wait to go and set up those chairs. And the reason I was thinking about that, I haven't thought about it in a long time, is I thought, you know, the joy that I had in doing that as a young person because I was given responsibility, that made me feel good, and I was doing it for Jesus, that made me feel even better. I did it without any grumbling or complaining because I realized the bigger picture of what was going on. When we serve God in heaven, that's what it's going to be like. He's going to have responsibilities for us, but it's not going to be like the responsibilities we have on earth that are like, oh. Have you ever felt that way? The responsibilities we're going to have on earth is, yay. We were looking at the, 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 the moon, and I think it was Mars. I have this thing on my phone that I bet I didn't have my phone. And, it was, and I was thinking, wow. Think of what eternity is going to be like. God might point and say, you see that planet over there? That's yours. I want you to take care of it. And we're going to go, awesome. <laughs> awesome. That's what God has in store for us. If you're thinking heaven is it being an angel, we're going to be higher than the angels in heaven. Okay? We created a little lower now, but higher in heaven. Okay? And if you're just going to have an angel and, and he's strumming on a cloud, and that, no. It's going to be nothing like that. It's going to be a city more magnificent. Than, well, I'm going to get to that. Oh, I get so excited. I told, I told Kelly when I got done with the f online service, I said, man, that was a great service. I was so excited. She's like, you get so excited staring at that screen. I said, well, it's more than that. There's a connection with the people that are listening, but I do get excited about the word of God. So let me show you this chart, and this is going to be the, the flow for us for, uh, for today. And this is Genesis and Revelation. So just basically light and darkness, and in Revelation there'll be no more night, and we're just going to follow this down through. I'll go relatively, relatively quickly. On some of the points will be a little longer, some of them will be a little bit less. In, Revelation, in Genesis 1-4, God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from darkness. That's what became night and day. I watched a show on TV called Mountain Man. Have you ever seen that? And the one guy lives in Alaska, and they face not just brutal cold, but also darkness for long periods of time. And one of the things that I hate about this time of year, I'd like the extra hour of sleep. That was good. Uh, but I hate that it's dark. You know, 4 o'clock, 4.30, I leave the office, it's dark. It's dark in the morning, it's dark at night. I hate the darkness. It just, and after time, it just wears on you, and it gets cold and dreary, and it just wears on you. Have you ever experienced that? Can I tell you the good news of heaven? There is no darkness. There's only light. And what I discovered, I just, just discovered this today. We won't have to sleep in heaven, but men, we are allowed to nap in heaven. And, and, and not because we have to, but because we want to. And all the men said, and all the women are like, I don't know why he's got to take a nap every day. Can you imagine what I would be like without a nap? should be thankful that I get a nap when I get a nap. My word. Anyway, so we will nap in heaven, not because we have to, but because we want to. But there will be no more 
night. There'll be no more in the sense of fear of the dark. Not that as adults we're afraid of the dark, but oftentimes we're afraid of what's in the dark. Walking on a street at night. You know, going to the store or something at at night. There'll be none of that in heaven because there will be no more night. And it's not going to be because of the sun, moon, and stars. It's going to be because of the sun, S-O-N. And God's glory will be throughout the entire universe beyond what we know and can even imagine today. His glory will shine forth so brightly that there'll be no more darkness, there'll be no more night, there'll be no more day and night because time will have passed as well. There'll be nothing hiding in the dark because it will be light. Genesis 1.10, the separation of land and sea. God called the dry ground land and he gathered the waters he called seas and God saw that it was good. Revelation 21.1, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. The sea often is descriptive of the devastation and destruction within this world. There'll be none of that. Even the sea, and I don't know if there'll be water. I'm thinking there's going to be water in heaven, but it'll be glorious, glorious. Now, is the, I haven't been to the Caribbean someday. I haven't been... Is the water different in the Caribbean than the Jersey Shore? Oh, yeah. Okay, so take the Caribbean and whatever you've experienced, or I watch it on, uh, you know, TV. Take that as magnificent and glorious and pure and beautiful that the Caribbean is and multiply that by infinity, and that's what heaven's going to be like. Can you imagine? So the Caribbean is on the earth that's corrupted by sin, and it's glorious. Imagine what heaven's going to be like. That's good news. My whole point of everything today for the next, till that clock is right, till the next that clock is right, is going to be to show you that God has great things in store for his people, and it's the same point as last week. Don't look so much at earth and look more towards heaven. On Wednesday, look towards heaven and not earth. Capish? A perfected earth is beyond our comprehension, but it's exactly what Scripture declares. God is going to create a new earth as well as a new heaven, and it's going to be more glorious than anything we could ever possibly imagine. Imagine... Our founding fathers, Washington and, and uh, Adams and Jefferson and all of those fellows coming back somehow and landing in Manhattan. I mean, Manhattan before COVID. Imagine that. They would, be, they would be so overwhelmed, their minds would not be able to process. They were horse and buggy, no indoor plumbing, no electricity, all of this stuff. And now they're in Manhattan with skyscrapers, cell phones, technology, uh, the, the, uh, the lights of, of Times Square, they would be so overwhelmed that they wouldn't even know what to do. When we get to heaven, it's going to be even greater than that. 
we are going to be so overwhelmed by the beauty, majesty, magnificence, and splendor of heaven that it is going to go beyond anything we could comprehend. That's why we're excited about heaven and not so excited about earth because heaven is our home. In heaven, a river flows uh, from the throne of God. In Genesis, the river flowed from the Garden of Eden. There it was separated into four headwaters. In heaven, the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Now, this river and everything in heaven, watch this, will be real. We're not going to be in this dreamy state, like I had a dream and I'm walking. No, it's going to be real. You're going to be able to touch the water and experience its refreshing. You're going to be able to taste the water, really taste it, and experience the life that this water gives. This river will flow not from a garden, but from the very throne of God, which means that it is going to be endless and means that it will always have a supply, that it's not dependent on rain or any other environmental issues. This river will flow from the very throne of God. Now, one of the names of Jesus was the water of life, right? Because he's the one that quenches our thirst. Watch what heaven will be like. He will quench our thirst not just in this life for all eternity. He will satisfy our thirst not just in this life but for all eternity. He will fulfill our greatest needs not just in this life but for all eternity. He will take care of our thirst forever and forever. We will thirst no more spiritually, physically, emotionally. Genesis 2.9 the tree of life in the middle of the garden. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Of course, out of everything that Adam had, Adam and Eve had, they focused on what they couldn't have. There was one thing that God said, don't do this and don't do it for your own good because if you eat of it, you will surely die. Then Satan says, oh, you'll not surely die. <laughs> Even Satan knew God's word. He corrupted it. Adam and Eve knew God's word, but they decided they were going to do their own thing as well. And so when Adam and Eve ate from this tree, they brought death. But look what happens in the book of Revelation. Down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river, stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. The tree will be by the river. It will always have what it needs, and it will always provide the food that we need for all eternity. We'll never be hungry in heaven physically, spiritually, or emotionally. Do you know that the, sometimes the, it all works together, and I don't want to minimize physical hunger, but we can meet in America the physical need of being physically hungry. But we can't, by going to the store or going to a restaurant, but we can't meet the need of being spiritually hungry by going to a store. We can't meet the need of being emotionally hungry by going to a store. And sometimes those needs are even greater than our physical needs. God will provide all that we need in the tree of life, and it will be in abundance. It will be enough for all and enough for everyone for all eternity. 
because God is not a God of just barely enough. God is a God of abundance, and it will be a place of abundance. Genesis 3.8, God walks in the garden among his creation. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. He walked in the garden. He would come with his presence. Now, they were hiding because of their sin, but God walked with them and found them. But in Revelation, it says this in Revelation 21.3, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among his people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. In the Old Testament, God's presence, in a sense, was in the Holy of Holies. And so the tabernacle was transportable. So whenever Israel would move, they would take the tabernacle with them along with the Ark of the the Covenant, and they would set up the tabernacle according to the standards. And behind the curtain was the Ark of the Covenant, and that was the Holy of Holies where God's presence was. And then the temple was the next step in that. But for the tabernacle... Only the priest could go in. And the priest had to go through all of this, the high priest, the ceremonial cleansing. Because if he didn't, he would die. And so he would go through this ceremonial cleansing, but they would still tie a rope around his leg and bells on his robe. Because if they stopped hearing the bells, he was going to be dead and they were going to have to pull him out. And then look and say, who was next? And the guy said, uh-huh. <laughs> in a sense, and I, I, I understand the theology of it, so you don't, you don't really have to email me, but in a sense, um, God's presence was limited to the Holy of Holies. I get his omnipresence. I get it. Well, let me put it like this. There's moisture all around us, but sometimes that moisture comes together and forms raindrops. Okay, God's presence is all around us, but there are times where his Shekinah glory is there tangibly, okay? So the people couldn't experience the presence of God in that regard. They saw him working. They saw the fire. They saw the the cloud, and they saw that they were being led. They saw his miracles, but they couldn't experience the presence of God. Only the high priest could. Then when Jesus died, what separated the veil was torn in two, and it was torn from the top down, meaning no man could do it, see? And so the presence of God was now available to all believers, Jew and Gentile alike. Now, we've experienced the presence of God in one way or another. Sometimes it's in church. Sometimes it's at home. Sometimes it's just we just know God is, is with us. Have you had those experiences? I have. It doesn't happen every day. I know God's with me. But sometimes it forms a raindrop, (laughs) a big raindrop, and it just overwhelms us. If you can think back on those experiences and how awesome it was because you knew God was with you at that very moment, heaven is going to be like that constantly, constantly. We will never, wherever we move throughout the universe, God's presence will be fully there with us, 
providing life, healing, joy, peace, goodness, beauty. Everything that we need, his presence will be completely there. He will be with us and we will be with him for all eternity. That's good news. Because I long for God's presence. I, I want more of God's presence in my life. More of him. I, I do want to feel and sense his presence in my life. Can, can I just tell you a secret though? Some of the times that I've experienced his presence in the greatest way was in the greatest depths of my life. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art what? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? And so he comes to us at our darkest moments, but in heaven he will just be there and there will be no more darkness. That's good news. Do you see why I want you to see heaven and not just earth? All right, let me keep going. The ground is cursed because of man's sin. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your... Oh, I read that already. <laughs> because all the men got that verse memorized, huh? Because you listened to your wife. Right, Ray? All right, all right. Because <laughs> you listened to your wife and ate from the fruit of the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. And as we said earlier, the earth is cursed, and it, that's the aging, corruption, deterioration, decay, death, suffering, evil, disturbance, division, disasters, and so on and so forth because the earth is cursed. Look what Revelation says in 22.3, no longer will there be any curse. No longer. No longer will there be any more pain or suffering. And let me just jump to the next one. Sin results in pain and death and being introduced to creation. As I said last week, every bad thing you're experiencing today is because of sin. Now watch, not necessarily cause and effect, not because you did this and then this happened. Sometimes that's true. But sometimes people do bad things to us and we experience the consequences of that. Sometimes the things that are happening in our world are just because it's broken. Sometimes it is because of our own decisions, okay? But everything that we're experiencing in this life is because of over, you know, the sin that brought death and corruption and decay. You get it. You get it. So whatever problem you're facing now is because of the curse. But when you get to heaven, there'll be no curse. There'll be no financial problems, obviously. The streets will be paid with gold. There'll be no family problems, because everything that causes tension in the home will be gone. There'll be no, uh, am I to this point yet? No. Oh, well, I'm going to get to it. There'll be no, none of this pain, none of this suffering, none of the difficulties that we will face. Sorry. It happens. It happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. Someone told me this morning when they walked in, they had to make sure that they turned their cell phone down because they didn't want the Godfather theme coming up during the service. <laughs> Although in the Italian home, the theme from the Godfather was a chorus that we would sing before we ate. But anyway, that was, that was a different, different story. Okay, let me move on to this next point because it goes together. Watch. Uh, sin results in pain and death being introduced to creation. 
Revelation 21, 1 through 4 says there'll be no more pain, no more death in the new heavens and the new earth. No physical pain. Now watch, this is what I want to talk to you about. There'll be no more emotional pain either. Now I'm going to say some words that are just terrible. I hate to say them, but they're so, they're so terrible because we know what these words do to us and do to those we love. Abuse, abandonment, rejection, guilt, grief, loneliness, failure. These are all emotional things that touch us so deeply. And if you've experienced them, you, you, feel them, you, you feel them so emotionally deeply that they literally affect your physical well-being. Abandonment, abuse, rejection, guilt over something that we've done, grief over a loss, loneliness, failure. These are emotional issues that affect every area of our life. Listen, these leaves that bring healing to the nations in heaven, we often think that it'll bring healing of our physical bodies. And that is 100% true. You know, my father, when he passed away, he, he, he could no longer walk. And we think of him walking in heaven. Uh, his mind wasn't what it once was, and we think of his mind being sharper than, than ever, and we think of all the physical things. But can I tell you that all of the emotional pain that you experience in this life will also be gone for all eternity, and you will be, watch, free. Finally free. Finally free from things that we've done and the consequences thereof and finally free of what has happened to us through no fault of our own will finally be, be free. And we're so affected by these emotional things in our life, we don't even know what it's like to be free. And that doesn't mean that you're not a Christian we still suffer the consequences even as believers, but this is temporary. For eternity, we won't experience these things anymore. That Jesus was abused on the cross so that we never have to be. He was abandoned, and that means someone literally chose to leave behind it was a choice. He was abandoned so that we never will be. He faced the loneliness of the cross because even his father turned his back on him at that time so that we don't have to be lonely for all eternity. Every deep emotional pain that we, grief, Every deep emotional pain that we experience in this life will be no more in heaven for all eternity. We will finally be free. Can you, can you just close your eyes for a second and say free? Do, you, do we even know what that's like on earth? I don't, I don't know that we do. We're free. Set free from the pain. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Give us just a little bit of that now, God. Let your healing flow even now to the deepest parts of our heart, Lord. These broken hearts that we experience, Lord. We want to be free. Free. Free for all eternity. That's good news. That's good news. 
in Genesis, mankind was kicked out of the garden. In Revelation, redeemed mankind is welcomed. They were kicked out. We'll all be welcomed. And you know, even, even here on earth right now, Jesus will welcome all that come to him. And he will, they will in no wise be cast out. Everyone that comes to Jesus will be welcomed. And then those gates will be opened. The pearly gates will be opened. And we will go in to heaven and be with him for all eternity. Mankind was banished in the garden. Redeemed mankind will be welcomed into heaven for all eternity. And all of these blessings that we've been talking about and many more that I don't have time for are going to be for you for all eternity. Why? Because God loves his children and he wants to bless them. And he's able to. In fact, he's able to so bless us that he can do this isn't the benediction. This is just the scripture. Exceedingly abundantly. That's what heaven. Exceedingly abundantly. More than we could ask or more than we could even imagine. To him be glory for how long? Forever and ever. Because his blessings never end. And we will bless his name forever. Because he will be worthy forever. And forever. Lastly, as we think about and move towards communion, God said to, the, to Satan in the garden, I will put an enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Who's the he? Who's the he? Jesus. At the beginning, God had a plan and a purpose, and his plan and purpose was Jesus, and it hasn't changed. And he told Satan at the very beginning, your head's going to be crushed. You might think you have won a victory over an Adam and Eve, and you might think on the cross you won victory over the second Adam, but that's your defeat. You'll be defeated at the cross. You will strike his heel. Jesus will suffer and die for his people, but he won't stay dead. He'll rise again on the third day. He will live for all eternity, and because he lives, we will live for all eternity because Satan has been defeated on the cross, and heaven awaits us. Glory to his name. It's not Tuesday that matters. It's eternity that matters. Tuesday's going to come and Tuesday's going to go. A president's going to come. A president's going to go. A candidate's going to come. A candidate's going to go. This is going to happen. That's going to happen or something else. Thankfully, our hope is not in man, but our hope is in Jesus Christ. And his plan is eternal and everlasting. And no one and nothing can stop it from happening. He has eternity for his children where he will bless them forever and forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.